1: brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. I was just thinking there are so many parallels between life and business, and there are many clues that can help us succeed in both. So today, I wanna keep things simple. Today, we're going to discuss the three R's. Yes, that's right. The letter R. I feel like I'm on Sesame Street, but seriously, the three R's that help us succeed in life and business. And to help me discuss that today is my friend, Ron. Now, Ron is a leadership and management development coach, and I'm really delighted to have him here to share with us today. Ron, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, Tony. It's good to be here. Oh,
1: it's great to have you here. And I'm really excited to talk about this topic. Of course, I'm usually excited to talk about anything that has to do with succeeding in those two categories, because everyone wants to succeed in life. And everyone, of course, if they have a business, they want to succeed in that area. So let's get right to it. Uh, Let's start out. uh, And why don't you tell us first a little bit about yourself, and then we'll dig right into that first R.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, From a professional perspective, I have been in uh, training and development for uh, starting to approach 29 years now, majority of which has been in leadership and management development. I do coaching uh, at all different levels throughout organizations, in addition to doing uh, some life coaching as well. Personally, uh, my wife and I have been married now for 21 years. Uh, We don't have any children. Uh, As you and I just discovered a couple of minutes ago, we do have the 35 pound four legged little girl named Jasmine who has stopped barking. And we are all grateful for that.
1: (laughs) That's something to be grateful for because rough is not one of those three
0: R's. (laughs) That's right.
1: (laughs) Well, speaking of those, let's, uh, let's get started with that. Tell us a little bit about what the first R is and how we can apply that to our lives.
0: Hey, actually, you know what I'll do, Tony, rather than just share the first R. I'll share all of them. And then I'd I'd like to ask a question if you're comfortable with that. Absolutely. The three R's, results, reputation, and relationships. Those are the three R's. Given those three R's, which do you believe? And and, and I'd, I'd love for the audience to ponder this as well. Which of those three R's do you believe is the most important for sustained business And personal success?
1: That's an interesting question because I can see all three of them really being part of it. If I was going to say, if I was going to try to make a guess, which one is most important, I'd probably say the last, uh, our relationships with people, because our relationships kind of intertwine with our reputation and our results.
0: Well, and, and Tony, that's for me, that truly is exactly it. I love to pose this question to clients and and to uh, participants in classes. And most often, that's what they will come up with, is that, Ron, wait a minute. Well, actually, what they'll come up with is, we're not convinced there is one R that's more important than the others, because they are intertwined. And it's like, that's right. And then very often, too, it's a lot of fun. They'll just say to me, Ron, you told us to pick one. So you pick one. Tell us which one you think is most important. And back against the wall, if I am forced to pick one, I will go with relationships. And the reason I say that is both personally and professionally, I can't do this alone. I can't. I need people. I need help. I need support. And in order to be able to get that, I want to have good relationships with people. You know, very often too, and more more so professionally than personally here, I always ask the question of my clients or of the groups, what does a good relationship then look like, feel like, sound like? And, you know, a lot of times, you know, that will catch people by surprise because it's like, oh, well, we need to get to know each other. Okay, that's right. Except once again, what does that look like, feel like, sound like? And in what areas do you need to get to know each other? And a lot of people don't realize that. And again, I'm looking at this more professionally right now. Yeah, you want to get to know each other from a personal perspective, even when you're colleagues. What are you all about, Tony? What do you love to do? Where do you live? What are your hobbies? Fine. All well and good. Equally as important, though, good good work relationships. Tony, what are you good at? What are your strengths? What are some areas where you struggle? What are your goals? What are your aspirations? What do you hope to be able to do? And, you know, it was so interesting. I was with a client down in Miami a number of years ago, and we were doing this exact exercise. And one of the participants made the comment when we when we decided relationships was, was the, the most important R. and he just looked at his colleagues and he was like, you know what? We don't know each other very intimately here at all. We don't. We talk about relationships and we know each other surfacely. Yeah, we better take some time and get to know each other better. And that's what we ended up doing for the rest of the day. We ditched the rest of the agenda and we just talked about and did some exercises relating to relationships and how they can get to know each other better and work more effectively together.
1: I think that is so crucial. And it's interesting that you bring that up because one of the things that I try to do is a little bit different when it comes to when you network with people. Most of the time when you get these networking meetings, everybody sits there and they give their commercial. They talk about This is what I do, and how can I help you? And it turns into a sales pitch. That's really not a great way to build a relationship. What I like to do in these networking meetings is to get to know somebody on a more personal level. Who are they as a person? And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, number one, if it is a business-related situation, is this someone that I want to work with? Is this someone who I know or I can get to know? I like them, and most importantly, I trust them because again, that's where reputation falls. And a lot of people really miss that. And they go into their sales thing and then they walk away and you get a bunch of business cards and you don't know really anything about the people that you dealt with. And usually what happens is you put them in a little file and you never look at them again.
0: That's right. And you know, I am a voracious reader, Tony. And in one of the books that I read not too long ago, the, the author was talking about, you know, do any, you know, some people have said to me, and this is the author speaking, I don't know what to talk about with my colleagues, or I'm not sure what are appropriate topics, whatever it might be. And he, he recommended the Ford acronym. He said, you can always talk to people about their family. You can talk to people about their occupation. You can talk to people about recreation, what they love to do. And you can talk to them about their dreams. And that ties just everything together beautifully for me. You know, and one of my clients is a a law firm and a small law firm, two partners. And one of them is just very, very insular. She's not a real people person. She's not comfortable talking with a lot of people. And she's like, I don't know what to talk to these people about. You know, she said, I'm I'm trying. And I was like, okay, Lillian, how about trying the Ford acronym? And just, again, it's just, it it starts a conversation. And she tried it and it was helpful. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh yeah, she's a a social butterfly now. No, still and all, those are safe topics that you can bring up with people. And again, you're getting to know them. You're not giving a sales pitch.
1: Exactly. I really like that. I'll have to remember the Ford acronym. I used to have several Fords in my life. In fact, an interesting note is that one of my last vehicles I had was uh, was a Ford Fusion. And I tell you, that car, it went over... Almost 250,000 miles. It was amazing. Uh, so so that, that was a tried and true vehicle. And this sounds like it's going to be a tried and true simple technique. And it's really easy to remember. And a lot of people say, well, it's, it's a technique, but it's really kind of a way of getting to know people anyway. I mean, if you're genuinely interested in the other person, they're going to pick that up. If you're trying to fake your way through a meeting, oh, so what do you do? You know, people, people know that instinctively everyone has, you know, a God given instinct in in their psyche and they know, you kind of know when someone is BSing you, Uh, you kind of know when somebody is, is giving you more of a salesy thing. So I think that whole thing about building relationships is, it's so important Because that's where everything starts from. If I have a relationship with you, then we can work together. And then that goes on to helping me work with someone and build results. Because, again, we can have a great relationship, but if you're working with me and then I'm not giving you the results that you need, then it's not going to work either.
0: Um,
1: Maybe we can transition into a little bit more about the results part of this.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, interestingly, Tony, first of all, the one word that I heard you use a a second ago, sincere, and that is just so, so critical because people will see through it so fast. There's just no two ways about it. I'm reminded years and years ago when I worked for Toshiba, we got a new boss on board and Barbara came on board guns blazing and I mean just blazing things were not going well at all there were three of us on her staff she called us out to a meeting in Dallas for two days and when I say she beat us senseless for two days I hope you believe me because it was crazy we were finally finishing up and you know we had wrapped up the meetings and everything else We're getting ready to head to the airport. And she said to us, and I'll never forget this. Gentlemen, we were all guys. It's been such a pleasure seeing you. And I'm just so anxious to to work with you moving forward. And we looked at her like, you have got to be kidding. You you, You just like ground us into dust. And now you're pulling that on us? And, you know, you want to talk about results. And and I kid you not, Tony, Rob Frank and I talked about, you know what, if there's any way we can do this, maybe all three of us could resign on the same day and just really stick it to her. Because again, there was no relationship there. And I have to be absolutely positively clear about this because Barbara became the best boss I ever had in my career. There was a lot going on in her personal life. I don't need to get into the details here. Once we learned that about her, and, and again, I don't want to speak for my colleagues. I'll speak for myself. Once I learned what was going on with her and I began to realize, wait a minute, wait a minute. Number one, this woman is extremely intelligent. Number two, this woman cares deeply about my development. And even though she and I, she and I did not share a, same, a lot of the same interests personally, she cares about me as a person. And then the results followed. And I would have, I would have run through a wall for that woman. Uh, I have not worked with Barbara or for Barbara for over 20 years now. We're still in touch. Wow. We're, we're still exchanging messages and just, how are you? And I think of you often. Thank you for what you did for me, Barbara. So yeah, it Tony, it's there. There's no doubt in my mind about that that relationships lead to results and that's long-term and sustainable because I could ask her for help right now and she would give it to me. She could ask me for help right now and I would do anything I could I can for her.
1: And those are the people in our lives that we want to surround ourselves with, you know, the people that we can call up when we're having a problem. And you know that they're going to be right there. And I like how you explained that there was more than what was on the surface going on. And sometimes when we meet somebody, we have to be willing to stand there and maybe listen a little bit more. If we are good listeners, the doors will open and people will tell us what's going on. And I think that's so important. I just had this conversation with someone yesterday. A lot of us listen to respond. Most people are in that mode and I notice sometimes I do that during a podcast interview because I'm trying to prepare okay what's the next question I'm going to ask or where am I going to go to take the topic so I have to do that or I'm kind of monkeying around with the sound levels to get everything balanced and so I can't always be 100% full on but I try to be as much as possible because I think the content is better the conversation is better and the audience can really pick that up. So that's something that we really need to get better at. When someone is talking, you know, pay attention to them. Don't think about what you're going to get at the grocery store after you finish up. Don't think about, "Hmm, what am I going to say next?" Think about what is this person telling me? And pay attention to some of those internal signs because a lot of times those things are very blatant right in front of us. If someone is having a bad day, You can see that after a few minutes of conversation that, wait a minute, something's not going on or something's going on with this person. And a lot of times when I'm working with some of my clients and they come on and even on a Zoom call, which is where I do a lot of my work, I can just look at the person. I can say, okay what's going on? And if they tell me and they're not going to be fully present for the session, I'll say, look, let's reschedule. You know, no big deal. We'll do this uh, when you're in a better state. Or sometimes I'll say, well, let's take a few minutes to breathe and see if we can get you ready, but you have to pay attention to that. And I think in any relationship, even with personal relationships, especially with our spouse because uh, or significant other, I was married for many years, ended up going through the divorce thing, didn't ever think that that was going to happen, but You know, I can go back and I can look back on some of the things that I did say, well, maybe I could have done that better. I could have done that better. But a lot of this is really building uh, stronger relationships with the people around us. So I think, again, that is key.
0: Tony, I need to ask you, uh, how familiar are you with uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People?
1: I read it several years back and amazing book. I've been wanting to actually go through and read it again, because I put it in the category of a book that you should really read at least every couple of years.
0: I'm certified to teach the seven habits and what you just talked about. And I'm not kidding. When I say this was a beautiful, beautiful summary of habit five seek first to understand, then to be understood. And so many people Listen with the intent to reply, not to understand. And we listen with three different things: we listen with our eyes, our ears, and our heart. And you know, and again, you were talking about that relative to guests on the podcast, Ron. I can see and it didn't happen today, and I'm glad. Still, and all, I can see you're upset about something. What's happening? That's listening with your eyes, listening with the ears. Fine. Of course, we listen to what the people say, except there's also the tone of voice. There's the tone of voice. Ron, how are you today? I'm fine. It doesn't it sounds like you're not doing so well or it sounds like it feels like to me you're upset about something. And then the heart piece, we listen for the emotions because the emotions are there. And that's part, all of this is part of building relationships. It's all part. And I mean, you, you, t- you talk to me about, especially in a listening to your spouse or a friend or whatever, many years ago now, actually a little over a decade ago, my wife needed to make a life-changing decision. She had taught for 30 years in the same school district, and she had the opportunity to retire early. At that time, my business was not doing all that well. And, you know, financially things were, I don't want to say well, we were in trouble, still in all. Revenue wasn't there for my business and so forth. We're having a conversation, and Lori said to me, and I remember this like it was yesterday I don't know what to do. I run, I just don't know what to do. I can't take it anymore. It's not teaching. You know the parents are so difficult. I get such little support from the administration, and you know she went on for a little while, and and yet Ron, you know what? Your business isn't doing that well. I'm concerned. I don't know what to do, and my response truly was, Lori, it sounds like you're torn, because on the one hand, it's so clear to me you want to retire. The parents are difficult for you. You're just not getting the support. It's not the same for you anymore. She's nodding her head. She's nodding her head. And I was like, and then last and not least though, Laurie, you're concerned about the financial end of things because my business isn't bringing in what we thought it would be. Is that right? Yes. Here's the key thing for me now, Tony. Research shows this clearly. Very often what people will do right then as soon as you Yes, that's what I'm saying. Let me tell you what I think. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Let me offer you three things here. Do you want my advice? Or are you just venting? Or do you need a sounding board? And that's what I asked her. And I, I'll, I'll never forget because she snarled. And we get along extremely well. We very, very rarely raise our voices to each other or anything. I don't want your advice. Okay. And then again... It sounds like, Lori, you need more time to think this through for yourself. And then we'll talk about it again. Is that right? Yes. For I don't remember how long it took, four or five days, whatever it was. We started talking again. Lori, at this point, are you ready to hear my thinking on this? Are you ready to hear my input? Yes. There it was. And and, Mm -hmm. and again, again, just to finish the story, she did retire, which was a wonderful thing. And that's neither here nor there. The point for me, though, how do you think she would have reacted in that first scenario? Let me tell you what I think about this.
1: Exactly. And then all
0: of a sudden, (laughs) we're budding (laughs) heads.
1: Well, that's interesting because in the male-female dynamic, That is one of the biggest differences. And that's what I find when I'm dealing with people. I mean, I'm not really a relationship coach, but when you're coaching someone, you're getting into all aspects of their lives. So when it comes to someone's relationships, we men, we tend to be fixers. We hear a problem and we immediately think, what's the solution? How are we going to fix it? And then we turn around and tell that person. But I've learned in all these years that women tend to be more they want to vent, they want to sure. tell you what happened and they just want you to listen. And that's all, they don't want to be fixed. They don't yes. want the solution. They probably already figured it out for themselves and probably, probably came up with a better idea than we did, <laughs> but they just want the opportunity to listen. And a lot of times that's where the communication breaks down. So that's something that it took me a long time to learn. Who knows, maybe I wouldn't have been divorced if I knew this You know, a few years back, But but as we're going along, one of the things that I did, my background, as many people who listen know, I was in the investigation field. I worked as an investigator, and I also worked as a licensed private investigator, as well as working for the government doing investigation work. So I used to interview a lot of people, witnesses, suspects, things like that. And one of the things that I learned, in fact, I teach this now when I teach my negotiation courses, is exactly some of the things that you were talking about. when you listen to the person. You want them to know that, you know, you really are there for them. You're listening and you care about what they're saying and then use things like, well, it seems like, or it sounds like, or it feels like. And I use those all the time because that gives them or gives me an opportunity to summarize what they said. And then when they hear that back that, Hey, he understands, then, it really builds the relationship. Most of the time when you see interview interrogation done on television, it's this browbeating thing. And it's really not like that. It's really you build a relationship with the person and you listen to them and you find out you know, what they have to say. As you said, listen to understand not to be understood. And that is uh, that's a key principle. And again, principle number five from that book is uh, is great. I recommend if anyone listening out there hasn't read it, get yourself a copy, even if you go to the library, or you can probably find it online and you can listen to it online. They have books on tape is what we used to call them, but you can can listen to them on YouTube. Someone actually reads the book. And I find when I'm reading a book, I get the book. If I really want to study it, I read it at the same time as I'm listening to it. And usually I take my finger And I follow along because what that does is it gets all three of your key modalities, your auditory, which is your hearing, your visual reading, and then your kinesthetic. And when you do all three, you tend to retain the information better.
0: Huh. I like that. You know, I, I will circle back to something that you said a couple uh, seconds ago too, Tony, is that research shows very clearly that when when someone realizes we are listening carefully to them, they tend to open up so much more freely and share so much more information. And you know, I said, you know, people have asked me over the years, Ron, what do you what's the, what's the most difficult part of your job, or what do you what do you find most tiring? Because I do get tired at the end of my sessions and everything else. And when I thought about it, I said to them, I think it's probably listening so carefully all day long, because I do care and I want to hear what people say. And I do want to build those relationships. And one of the best ways to do it is by listening so carefully.
1: That's a really great point. And it is tiring sometimes because if you're listening carefully and people get into emotional topics, you're feeling those emotions when they're talking about them, and that can really get tiring. Now, I want to kind of turn things around a little bit here, too, and add a couple other R's here, because the letter R seems to be our topic today, and you mentioned in your discussion before uh, when, you know, when you were having that discussion with Lori about revenue, which is another R, and that's something that we all want for business, right? And you said at that time it wasn't there as much as you wanted it to be. So I'm just curious, what, what do you think was the most important thing that you did to turn things around when the revenue wasn't there? And I'm curious if it relates to one of these R's.
0: I hope you believe me because it is true. And I hope the audience will believe me. It's building relationships. And during the financial crisis of 2008, I am very proud to say my business did not take a big hit back then. It stayed very consistent. I was talking to somebody at the American Management Association, uh, who's a big client of mine. I do a lot of work for them. And and I, I shared that with her. And she said, gee, that's really impressive, Ron. She goes, how do you think that happened? And I said, Susan, because I maintain the relationships with my clients throughout the years. I know them, they know me, and we just continue to work together, understand each other, and go through the wonderful times together, the difficult times together, and it's okay. And we come out the other end.
1: You come out the other end, and you come out better.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. And, you know, just, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. When you understand each other, the relationships just deepen and broaden. And become that
1: much more solid oh i love that yeah they do they become more solid and those solid relationships what i think is i'm seeing this equation in my mind i'm seeing it's everything starts with the relationships so you have your relationships and you start working with those people and you develop results for them and as they get results that builds the reputation so you have those three things that we started talking about but What those things lead to is referrals, because if you have a great relationship with someone, they know you, they like you, they trust you, and you've proven yourself through results and you've built a good reputation, that's automatically going to lead to referrals. And that will in turn lead to revenue. And of course, revenue and relationships together lead to a richer life. That's
0: right. That's exactly right. I worked with a client. A number of years ago i went to their office in california did some work i think i went to detroit I, I know i went to another city i still remember so clearly they they said ron we need you in chicago to do a class there fine of course i'll be glad to so i'm in the room uh, i'm all set up we're starting in about yeah maybe 20 minutes whatever it was a participant walks in i've never met her before she just comes in to sit down good morning my name is again whatever it was you must be Ron. Yes, I am. I've heard good things about you. I'm really excited to be here. It's the results and building the relationships leading to the reputation of, wow, this is going to be fun. I've heard good things about you. And then you have to deliver the results
1: again. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. You have to you have to repeat what is the old saying right. on the shampoo bottle, lather, rinse, repeat. That's
0: right. <laughs> so, Ron,
1: if you could turn back time, like Cher used to sing in that song from a few years back, you probably remember that one. If you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what advice would you give him?
0: You know what I, what, what I think I would, I would tell an 18 year old Ron, get to know yourself really, really well. Once you know yourself really well, Ron, stay true to who you are and what you are and good things will follow.
1: Oh, that is fantastic advice. Be true to yourself because the most important relationship that we have is the one with ourselves, And if we don't know, like trust, and in fact, love ourself. And I don't mean self-love in the sense of having, you know, a huge ego. You know, I'm a part-time musician. I do that as a hobby. And through the years, when you play in bands, you tend to find that a lot of musicians, their egos are so big, they need their own zip code. So that's not the self-love that I'm looking for. I'm, I'm looking at just know that you're not going to be a carbon copy of somebody else. I call myself the other Tony because there's Tony Robbins, who's like six foot seven, whatever he is. And then there's there's me, the other Tony, and I'm like five foot five. But we're both different people. We do similar things. We work with people and help them change their lives for the better. You know, I work with people who are on that. Uh, usually professional people that are on that hamster wheel of life. And usually they turn to me and and I teach them to learn to be what they want to be when they grow up. And most people haven't really decided what they want to be when they grow up, but I do a lot of those things, but I'm my own unique individual. And when you work with your clients, you're your own unique individual. And we have to embrace that. And if we don't, and if we try to fake it and be somebody else, they're going to know because that authenticity is not going to be there.
0: That's right. I've been a New York Giants season ticket holder for many, many years. At a, uh, one, there are eight core people that go to the games. We're at a tailgate a number of years ago. One of, the, one of the guys comes up to me. He's the chief financial officer for a technology company. Okay, Mr. Leadership Development Man, throw me the one tip. Throw me the one tip that could make me the best leader possible. And I was like, "Okay, Peter, you're going to have to let me think about it for a couple of minutes. I thought about it. And what I said to him was, Peter, if you're going to limit me to one tip, it would be get to know yourself extraordinarily well, because the better you know yourself, the more effectively you will work with other people.
1: Absolutely. So let me transition to this question. If people want to get to know you better, Ron, how would they reach out to you?
0: probably uh, the best way Tony would be through my LinkedIn page. Uh, just, you know, go go to LinkedIn and uh, you can search for me. It's Ron Reich and RLB training and development. And I welcome uh, anybody, of course, visiting the page. Please, anybody who's listening, feel free to message me. I will gladly respond and and just have a conversation with you. And it's what we were talking about earlier, Tony. I I promise anybody who contacts me, you're not going to get a sales pitch from me. I welcome a conversation just to get to know you a little bit better. And if there's some room there for us to work together, wonderful. If not, so be it. That's fine. We've had the opportunity to at least chat.
1: I love that you and I have very much similar attitudes and we're both New York Giants fans, by the way, I've been a Giants fan since I was just a little kid. Maybe after we go off the air, I'll tell you a quick story about that. And now everybody is wondering what that story is. See, I like to lead with intrigue, but I'm going to close out our interview today with the question that I ask all my guests. And that is, what does being purposely positive mean to you?
0: I think purposely positive, Tony, is again, I'm going to go back to what we just talked about a couple of minutes ago. I believe strongly that I do know who I am, what I am, and I try to live that. I try to practice that every day as best as I possibly can. When I do, wonderful. And when I don't, I have the opportunity to apologize or change my behavior. And that's a wonderful thing to be able to do. So that's what
1: it means to me. And that's a wonderful way to live, too, especially when you're really in tune with who you are as a person. Ron, this has been a great conversation today. I would love to go on for another half an hour, but (laughs) we've probably reached our time. But maybe we can have you back sometime and have some further discussions. I would love it. Well, thanks for being on the show today.
0: Tony, my pleasure. Thank you.
1: And you've been listening to strive to thrive the purposely positive podcast brought to you by tonywcoaching.com where your greatest success is right in front of you and you may be listening right now and you may be wondering you know i need to make some changes in my life but i just don't know how to do it you can download a free resource called strive to thrive it's an ebook on my website and you can download it read it and start working toward living a purposely positive life